Yo, you know how to space, space. Shout out to man in his podcast. Shout out Squint. Shout out Cody. Bitch, Squint and Cody still locked in like Shaq and Kobe. They can't hold me. Waited that space like I feel it like Brody. Talk with Lee, huh? They can't stop me on my team, huh? We all gleam, huh? We make it happen. They got to the dream, huh? Squint and Cody still locked in like Shaq and Kobe. They can't hold me. Waited that space like I feel it like Brody. Talk with Lee, huh? They can't stop me on my team, huh? We all gleam, huh? We make it happen. Yeah. They got to the dream. Huh? Meanie, meanie, money, money. Catch your thotty by her toe. If she say she don't listen to the podcast, I let her go. If she say she do, to see a motherfucking keep a grim reaper killing beast without the effort, cause I'm eat good. Came from the bottom, so jump from the top rope. My head is mad, how I'm spitting the scout flow. I'm on my game, running up for that pop flow. We want a green second cheese, just like nachos, huh? Say, let me breathe for a second, huh? I'll be ballin' hawk out in these threes, like I'm reffin', huh? Squints and Cody, still locked in like Shaq and Kobe. They can't hold me, waited that spells like I feel it like Brody. Talk with Lee, huh? They can't stop me on my team, huh? We all gleam, huh? We make it happen, they got to the dream, huh? Squints and Cody, still locked in like Shaq and Kobe. They can't hold me, waited that spells like I feel it like Brody. Talk with Lee, huh? They can't stop me on my team, huh? We all gleam, huh? We make it happen, they got to the dream. What's up, you guys? It's your boy Squint Harrison. Squints here, my bad, with another episode of A Man and His Podcast with a very special guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself. What's going on, everybody? My name is Ricky Asala, aka La Bestia La Fiesta, and a bunch of other monikers I'm not going to get into right now. But <laughs> hey, what's going on, everybody? How you been, man? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, just been doing a lot of traveling. I actually, like uh, I was saying earlier, I just got back today uh from like a felt like four days it's pretty much three days uh, yeah about four days actually uh just uh going up and down 35 pretty much so uh hit up austin hit up dallas came back so. i always find it how crazy like how crazy big texas in general is oh it's insane like if you go what? top to bottom i think it's um so for me to get to like I think out of the state, it's almost like nine hours. Yeah, I think top to top to bottom, it's like twelve hours or something. That's insane because there's like, like the wrestlers like Stallion, ACH. And there's probably a few others that have came from Texas. They used to do like these Midwest like road trips. Like they would go to St. Louis and Chicago, and I'm like, man, just how? Yeah, like, it's it's insane. Because me and my uh, me and my dad were just talking, like, to get from St. Louis, which I'm about 20 or 30 minutes from, to the other side of Missouri, Kansas City, it only takes us, like, four hours. Like, in yeah. that, and, but like you said, Texas, from border to border, it takes, like, almost a whole day. Yeah. Uh, so, actually, uh, I – so, I've talked – I think the nine hours for me is either – to get to like uh, the Louisiana border, that's not that's just getting out of Texas, right? But I think it's about I think it's about ten hours for me to get out of the state uh, if I'm going north. Um, like I've driven to Chicago a couple of times, and so uh, yeah, it, and it was you know like situational. Sometimes like it used to be just like road trips, and people were taking road trips like that. Uh, but then um, we had to do it for uh, kind of some some family stuff a couple of years ago, and we made that trip. So we there was a couple of us the first time. There was two of us to drive. So 
it's about a 21, 22 hour drive. Uh, we made it the first time just like that. And then um, the next time I made the drive, it was, uh, man, I took, I took two days to do it. Like, I just, I was not, I was going to do it by myself. So I was like, it, it was a pain in the ass, man. Like uh, the majority of my drive was getting out of Texas. <laughs> I like, there's a part of me that loves road trips and then a part of me that hates road trips at the same time. Yep. And the main reason I love road trips is I am terrified of airplanes. Like I, okay. I won't get on an airplane unless I need to. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just my first, my first time on a plane was last fall, the Vegas. And no okay. one, told, no one told me these two things. One, no one told me what altitude was or uh, what um, uh, turbulence was. I mean, That's, yeah, yeah. And no one told me that flying into Vegas, the turbulence is bad. So when that plane started shaking, I like sort of grabbed onto my armrests and I was like looking at my cousin. I was like, are we good? And he's like, yeah, just chill out, dude. And I was like, what's happening? What's happening? I, I hate to say this and I'm not trying to add to your, your phobia or anything because I don't know how often you're going to be taking uh, flights, but the, uh, I just saw a, uh, a news report recently, actually this last weekend, and it was saying that um, – turbulence is supposed to get worse moving forward and i was like how do you measure how <laughs> how how much worse turbulence is gonna get that doesn't make sense like how are you gonna say like like oh yeah uh, planes are about to get more rough like make planes better like what do you <laughs> why is this report <laughs> no because like i remember and then my second time on a plane was whenever i went to jersey earlier this uh-huh. year and it was I had to do St. Louis to Chicago, which really annoyed me because it's only a like a forty-five minute, thirty-minute plane ride. And I'm like, what's the mm. point in this? Like, yeah. And then like from Chicago to Jersey, and I remember on the way back from Jersey to Chicago, they went over the intercom, and he's like, "All right, now if you just give us about twenty minutes or so, it will be a bumpy ride in the next twenty minutes. So fasten your seatbelts." And I'm not even kidding. Like three minutes later, it got real bumpy, and I'm like. First of all, you are horrible at measuring, I guess. And second of all, like, how's this guy bumpy? What's happening? I have to imagine it has a lot to do with, like, airstreams and stuff. Like, that's probably how they measure it. Um, but then if if it has to do with, like, airstreams, then we have to consider that it's probably a global warming thing, right? Like, <laughs> like that's why it's been, un, like, seasonally hot, like, and, and during the winter and stuff. Like, yeah, I just... There's there's probably ways of measuring it, but it's just it's still funny to hear that like oh yeah, turbulence is gonna get worse. <laughs> what? Do you, what? <laughs> Speaking of like you saying it getting hotter and all that, so yeah. at my place of work, which I I won't like directly say, but it's yeah. a fast food restaurant. We take orders outside. All of that we say my pleasure. We have <laughs> tents outside, and they schedule when to take the tents down and all that. And when they scheduled it, they scheduled it in March and they're like, oh, surely by the second or third week of September, it's not going to be bad out. They took the tents down yesterday and I was working outside and I was like, it is 98 degrees outside. What is going on right now? I'm like, it's 98 degrees in the middle of September. Like, and like, everyone's like getting upset with the manager. I'm like, the manager scheduled this months ago. Like he didn't do this out of any malicious or anything, but like, my God. You have to be able to kind of like, I mean, now, uh, so the way I see it is my birthday is in October, right? The beginning of October. And uh, I have people trying to make plans with me 
they'd be like, oh yeah, we'll go do this and we'll go do this. I'm like, you realize it's still gonna be hot, right? Like just because it's October doesn't mean like you're gonna be wearing a hoodie or like a flannel. Like it was legitimately like 90 something degrees uh, one year for my birthday. I'm like, it's with like, I don't know what you think is gonna happen, but it's gonna be hot. My birthday is Memorial Day weekend, which is a blessing and a curse at the same time because it falls, my, my birthday weekend's always Memorial Day weekend which means no one can do plans because they're all going out with family. Or like whenever I was younger, I couldn't make plans because my family wanted to go out. And I'm like, guy, it's, it's my birthday. Can we, can we do something besides the lake house this year? Oh, uh, that's horrible. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about um, like trips and all that. So it was, so when I went to St. Louis this last time around, I flew into, um, I had flown into Dallas uh, the first time and it was like a 45 minute drive, uh, flight. Like, like you yeah. said, right. It's like you blink and you're there. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I think I had to wait, I had to wait about an hour and then I get into St. Louis and it's like a two or three hour flight or something like that. Um, it didn't seem, I don't know why, but like it, uh, on the way back, it seemed like a longer flight. Right, like two hours is not like that big of a deal when you're traveling, or at least like in a in a plane, like it doesn't seem like that. Like I download a couple of things and I like I listen to music or I watch like movies or whatever. And then like um, we uh, like uh, like so I fly in. It doesn't seem like it's that long, right? It's like kind of easy. But I'm coming back and dude, like I mean, aside from like the ridiculous layover I had in Dallas, which like you said was like a 45 minute flight, like it's like nothing. I had to wait like a really long time, but it seemed like that flight from St. Louis to Dallas was just egregious. Like it was so ridiculous, man. Like I, uh, <laughs> I, I hate layovers. If I can, if I can find a way to like never have a layover, I would do it. It's usually one of those flights is going to be really stupid and short. Like I, you can't even get comfortable in that amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I was flying back from Jersey, which like the trip to Jersey, me and Cody have said it numerous times. It was like the, the trip from hell is what it was. It was just everything that could go wrong went wrong. Our Airbnb got canceled whenever I was flying in. And uh, like I landed in Chicago and Cody texted me and he's like, call me ASAP. And I was like, oh, what the hell happened? And I called him. He's like, Airbnb's canceled. We're finding somewhere else. And I was like, okay, well, I'm about to get on a plane and be 10,000 feet in the air. So like, figure it out and when I land if you don't have it figured out I'll help figure it out I guess and yeah. that, that Airbnb we can only do it for a couple of nights so then we had to spend one night in a shady hotel in like one of the worst parts of New Jersey possible and, and like that Monday morning when we woke up like the first thing Cody said to me was he's like I'm taking you to the airport and I know your flight's not until five o'clock and it's only 10 a.m but we're getting the fuck home and it's that or you can just roam new jersey and i was like no just take me to the airport so i sat in the airport from like after i got through tsa and all that it was like probably 10 30 10 45 until five o'clock until my plane departed so like i just like i i'm real self-conscious about like leaving like one spot so like once mm -hmm. i got to my uh terminal or whatever I was like, well, now I'm not leaving this spot because if I leave it, what if I get lost here? So, like, I yeah. sat in a little, like, airport chair 
for five hours trying to like sleep trying to listen to music and the, it just it sucked like i i will try my best to never be at an airport that early or have a layover that's long because that just and then to top it off that whenever i what's it called got to jersey or when we were leaving jersey or whatever that plane it was like an hour long like delay so then i had a layover and i'm like well what if i'm late to the layover what happens and then sure as hell we landed late and i had to sprint like a movie to the other terminal and that just like not for me and cody wants to go to mania in philly in 2024 and i'm like all right, I guess I have to build up the courage to get on an airplane again. That or I have, like, it's going to be a long car ride for me. Yeah. I, so I had a, uh, a few years back, uh, I had flown out to, uh, to Buffalo for, uh, to the season where every time I die is like Christmas show. It was over two days. And then like, um, they had wrestling, which that was, that's a whole story in itself, but they had wrestling and then they had, uh, the shows. Right. Um, we get into, uh, we fly into uh, Philly, actually. And um, that was the first time I ever boarded a plane off of the, the tarmac, like off of like the, like you go onto like the, um, under the asphalt and you board yeah. a plane there. And it was like an Airbus. So it was like really tiny and all that stuff. But that was the first. Um, it also made me realize like how nice our airport is. Like, even though everything's kind of small, it's still like a really nice airport because Philly's airport is kind of large and well, it's not really large. It's a small airport, but it's, uh, it's kind of like wide and spacious, but, um, it just, it like, I, I walked in to the terminal and looked like a prison. I, it was like, or maybe I'm thinking of Charlotte. One of those two airports was like, it was just concrete walking into like, like up your terminal. Like up your gate, basically. It was. I was like, "Wow, we have like ours is kind of nice." Like, <laughs> I take for granted like flying into another place because it was usually just Chicago and uh, San Antonio fly back and forth to. So, um, you know, like Midway is really nice, or it's, it's kind of decent, right? But um, yeah, like flying into Philly was, was strange, and then um, on the way back, we flew into Charlotte. And we were told that there was a 45-minute layover. And we're like, okay, we have to hustle to our, our flight. But our flight was, like, not delayed, but it was late. So we, like, hoofed it to our next gate, which was across the entire, like, airport. It was not a huge airport, but it's still, like, there was a lot of people. A lot of Ric Flair shirts, and I'm not joking about that. Um, but, yeah, like, we're trying to, like, hustle to get to our plane. And I'm not kidding. It was, like, we were, like, two minutes off. Like, we – um we almost didn't make it to our flight. Like, it's nuts. You said uh, Ric Flair shirts, and that reminds me of, like, situational apparel or, like, uh, mm-hmm. geographical apparel. I Like, mm-hmm. in the Midwest, we don't care what teams you support. Like, we'll, like, bust your balls or whatever. But in yeah. New Jersey, I forgot, like, the whole East Coast, they're all just scary. Like, they, they, yeah. they'll hurt someone if you're not cheering for their team. I'm a Buffalo, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. And I forgot that I was in Jets country and I'm sitting outside my Airbnb and I'm wearing my Buffalo Bills hat, my Jersey. I'm sitting there on the phone with my dad ordering pizza. And I'm just sitting there enjoying like just being in a new city, like just soaking it all in. Yeah. This dude walks right by me 
turns around and he looks at me and he's like, he goes, you're lucky I don't knock your ass out and take that hat off your head. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I just like looked at him and I like took the hat off and I like just stuck it in my back pocket. And I was like, yep. And he goes, in that jersey. And I was like, you know, I'm I'm going to just head inside actually. I'll, I'll wait for the pizza man to get here. Wow. And I was just like, That's- oh my God. That's nuts. Like, it's like that in some parts of Chicago. For the most part, though, it was never really, like, I never felt uh, like it was a big deal. Um, and, I mean, I'm, like, I'm, I'm a Bears fan, but I'm also, like, I, you know, I, I wear, like, Spurs stuff. Like, if I go, um, or, like, San Antonio teams, basically. Yeah. Um, or, like, Texas teams um, for the most part. But, like, mostly San Antonio teams. So, I'll go, uh, if I fly out somewhere, I'm usually wearing, like, a Spurs shirt, a Spurs hat, um, something that is about home for me. Yeah. Um, but it don't, I don't make it my whole like wardrobe or whatever. I never had anybody like give me shit for wearing like a Spurs jersey. In fact, like I went to um, California one time. And I was wearing a San Antonio Commanders uh, shirt, which the Commanders were our. It's not arena football, but it was like a, a like an arena football team, right? Yeah. Like a minor yeah. league football team um they folded in one season but i was really excited to go to the, the, the games uh so um i was wearing commander shirt which like the season already folded i think it was like two years out uh still kind of like obscure right uh i get on the the tram to go to um get our rental car and uh this guy was like hey man that's a commander shirt like are you from san antonio and i was like yeah i am actually and he goes that's crazy. Um, yeah, we're actually from San Antonio, but we're just doing, we're traveling or something like that. I always get like nice conversations and like, you know, when I wear like Spurs jerseys or whatever, I had like a Antonio's Dan, uh, Antonio Daniels jersey forever. And um, yeah, I had a bunch of conversations about three point shooters that we've had. And um, I have a Michael Finley jersey that like, um, yeah, people just like, they'll, they'll talk to me about, the like the team and it's usually pretty cool i've never flown into a place that was like so gung-ho about their team to where they'd be like upset i think the only time that ever like well i you know what when i go to dallas it's kind of like that i feel like everybody there is like a huge like cowboys fan but they are so oblivious to like how good their team is like they're not like at all <laughs> they haven't been since like the 90s and like but they're just like they're so about it they would be like they look at you like, like, that's it. Like, that's all you get. Like, they might talk a little shit, but, like, it's not, yeah. Which, by the way, so you mentioned that you're a Bills fan. I, like, I legit, right before I got on video, I was going to, like, wear this hat. But <laughs> I I grabbed my, um, I grabbed my uh, Spurs West Coast Conference, um, like, hat. Uh, but, yeah, like, I was I was going to wear my Bill Zubaz hat, like, right before, right before you told me, uh, you asked me, like, are you not going to be on video? <laughs> yeah no yeah. my uh like i think the like craziest thing was whenever i was in vegas i was wearing like a cardinal shirt or something and like just hearing people compliment your team from home outside of being in your home area is so cool because like it was last october it was when the cardinals went on that like i forgot how it was like an insane streak of wins they went on like i think it was like 17 or something and we yeah. were like on win number 15 at the time and I remember, like, we were on the tram going to the rental car place, and the bus driver was like, oh, you're a Cardinals fan. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. 
and then he just started going on and on he's like oh what they're doing is crazy and i'm like dang that's crazy that like somebody from out of town is recognizing like my yeah name. like it's just weird yeah. it's pretty like I'd, I'd rather have those conversations and like oh so you're this fan and blah, blah, blah. i've gotten that being like a cubs fan but that was also before we won a world series and like um i had to justify i'm like used to loving losers i guess i don't know what to tell you yeah. like like what what's the conversation there like oh man your team is terrible like, yeah dog like it is like i don't know I, don't, I have to do that with the bears now too like we won one game and i felt invincible almost and then we played yesterday like last night and we lost like egregiously to the packers so like i'm not talking shit for the rest of the season <laughs> like my season's over dog <laughs> My thing is, I'm uh like I'm not gonna lie, like I became a Bills fan because I was a bandwagon, but like I'm growing with them, I guess. Like I'm just starting to become my team yeah. type of deal, and I feel yeah. like that's how everybody gets their team as they jump on a bandwagon. But yeah. it was like last year, I was walking around the casino and I had a Bills jersey on, uh, Josh Allen jersey, and nice. like this dude ran into me and he was like a Bills historian. Apparently, he was like just. He's like, he's like, oh, remember the 19 whatever season, blah, blah, blah. Then I'm like, honestly, dude, like, I don't, re- I don't know anything before 2021. I'm not going to lie, man. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going yeah. to, I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, I appreciate you giving me all this knowledge about them and telling me their history. Like, that's actually super dope. But like, chill out, please. <laughs> like, I, uh, so I fell into it. It's funny because like, I've always quite, kind of quietly liked them. Um, but I, I, uh, got more open about it when I went to Buffalo for that, uh, every time I die show, but, uh, cause like I was able to like buy stuff from, from Buffalo. Like I was like, eh, you know, like we almost actually even went to a game, the ticket, they, the team was bad at the time. And so the tickets were so cheap. It was like 15 bucks for like nosebleeds. Yeah. We could have got in for like 30 bucks and had like decent seats. So like. Uh, like you know i i had always liked them because they seemed like a scrappy team even though they were terrible they had seemed like a scrappy team that just kind of shot themselves in the foot in the last like quarter or whatever yeah. um but i fell into it because i used to go to um i used to go to a sports bar to watch bears games with my dad and my uncle and so there'd be a bunch of bears fans everywhere and there was like five bills fans like and they were diehard like head to toe bills stuff like um like their cars everything was just decked out in bill stuff and it didn't matter how terrible they were they were there every week showing up loud as shit almost as loud as us and we're like i said just a huge group and they'd be they put in the back and everything but you could hear them like cheering and everything i was like you know what i'm gonna like start kind of following them and that's how i kind of fell into it and then uh every time i die being from buffalo and then me getting to go to buffalo i was like oh man this is like this whole like city is like this like this whole city is just so about this team it doesn't matter if they're good or not they're just so like it's just like a party vibe um so like i have this one thing i always tell people this uh i have been looking for one bill's hat my entire life since since actually i went to i'd say my entire life but since i went to buffalo um it was a new era hat and there was no indicator that it was a Bills hat other than that there was a broken table on it. And I was like, dude, it's it was so cool, and I wish I had the opportunity to buy it right then and there. I've never been able to find it. So if, if somebody listens and finds this goddamn hat, please send me a link because I want that fucking hat. It was just a red hat 
with a white table that was broken. I was like, dude, that's so sick. <laughs> my the way I became a Bills fan is I was working at a uh, it was like a bar and grill, but like the bar area had nothing but TVs, and every Sunday they had all the games on. And I was so happened to like be watching the Bills games, and I was like, okay, this Josh Allen dude, he's he's pretty damn good. And yeah. then like like they snuck their way into the playoffs, and then I was like, okay, yeah, I this point on, I think they're going to be my team. Like I get it, they're in the playoffs, and I'm saying they're my team, but it's whatever. But then like over time, I was like, I call myself buying beanies, hats, jerseys. Like p- people would ask me what I want for Christmas, and I'm like, Bills, give me something Bills, please. And then like, because yeah, here we are. But like my little brother, he always asks me, he's like, he's like, would you like go to a Bills Mafia tailgate? And I was like, dude, I don't know if I could hang. Like, because that is like you said, one of the rowdiest fans and like the yep. white table thing. Like they just, they jump off of trucks and all sorts of stuff through white tables just for fun. Like yep. I, I was like, that would be so fun. But my anxiety would be crazy. I'd be like, guys, guys, get down, please. Don't hurt yourself. I've been to some crazy tailgates. Like I went to, uh, um, I went to uh, the Bears tailgate when we went. Let's see, I went to two, but uh, it was a little bit nicer one of the times. So there was the cold game, which the wind chill made the game like so. For those who don't know, Soldier Field is right off of the lake pretty much. So it gets all that lake like wind. So because it like because of the way it's shaped and because of like like I guess the wind stream that goes through there, it's just one big concrete like building outside and all that cold wind just swirls in there. Right. So it makes all the concrete super cold. Well, the wind chill made that whole area negative 16 degrees. And it was the worst thing. We wound up winning that game for the division. And it was like, it was insane. Like we had a great time and everything, but that, never again will I go to a game in like December. Um, but then uh, there was another tailgate we went to. Um, it was a little bit nicer. I think it was like more in, I remember it was November or October, but somewhere around then. And uh, man, there's people with like whole ambulances decked out, like in just bears memorabilia. Um, people are cooking all types of different food. You wind up trading with a bunch of people. You have any type of alcohol that you want. All you have to do is trade. You just got to get something or you just got to like make friends with anyone. It was just like, like lots and lots. It was like huge block parties, just nuts. Um, it used to be that way. Okay, so in Dallas, I went to a Bears game in Dallas, and they don't, I don't know why, but they didn't really have a tailgate, uh, like, atmosphere at the time. I don't know how it is now. It's, it's filled with, like, shops and stuff. But when they built AT&T Stadium, there was nothing out there. It was just parking lots. Yeah. And um, I remember we walked to the game. Um, we were kind of parked far because, like, like uh parking was expensive as shit like it's, the further you went out the cheaper it was so we were walking to the game and uh there was just like a row of cars and some of them were cooking and they had one tv and every hub everybody huddled around that one tv uh, like i don't know if it's like that now but like it sure as hell was at the time like, that, was, that was weird <laughs> i've never been to a tailgate and like i mm-hmm. always felt like up until like this year i always told myself i want to go to like a college football game or whatever and oh. i'm like I'm like, that wouldn't, because, like, Mizzou is, like, 
a bigger school and I feel like that would be a fun school to go to just for a tailgate or whatever and then like the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like if I'm gonna go to Mizzou I might as well make a little bit of an extra drive and go to Kansas City and go to a Chiefs tailgate and like I keep on telling myself if the Chiefs or if the Bills are ever at the Chiefs I'm gonna have to like I'm gonna have to bite the bullet and just go to that like because one that's my team like in my home state or near my home state. I'm not sure exactly where Arrowhead is, if it's in Missouri or Kansas, but like that would just be such a fun atmosphere just to like knock two things off my bucket list, see the Bills and go to a tailgate. Like Hell yeah. Hell yeah, that sounds like fun. And so I I don't know where this game is. I don't know if it's going to happen in Buffalo. I don't know if it's going to happen in Chicago, but the Bears are playing the Bills on Christmas Eve this year. And I'm very excited for that. That's going to be a sick game. Like, even, even if it's, like, terrible, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to be so excited for that. I wish I knew where it was going to be. Like, if it was in Chicago, I would love to go to Chicago to see it. If it was in Buffalo, I, I, I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I would, I'd like to. I don't know which would be colder, honestly. But I'd still, I'd still really like to see that game. Even if it was just, like, I'm going over there to do the tailgate. Like, either one would be a, a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And, like... I'm so excited for this season because I think sometime down the line this season, the Bills and Chiefs play again in their rematch oh, from the divisional round last year. Like, yeah. they're having a rematch or whatever, we're calling it. Like, because that was like me and my brother to this day. Like, I know it happened less than a year ago, but me and my brother are always like, we'll never forget where we were watching that game because, like, it was like me, him, and my dad, who my little brother is a huge football fan, giant Seahawks fan. My dad's just, he just watches football because me and my brother kind of take over the living room on Sundays. And then I'm a huge Bills fan, but that whole game, like the three of us were just all jumping off the couch, like, what the? Anyway, I'm excited yeah. for that match. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. I'm hoping that's on primetime. I'm sure it will be. That sounds like uh, they would have to put it on TV. Like, uh, whether it's like, because it's on a Sunday or is it like on the, uh, or like during the day because it's your market so they'll probably put it like on regular tv for y'all oh yeah we'll definitely probably get it like if it's a day game or whatever we'll probably get it just because yeah. like you said it's a chiefs game but yeah. like either way like me and my brother we watch red zone every sunday but like that sunday okay. i might have to just tell him be like listen we gotta watch we can't watch red zone we have to watch this game <laughs> hell yeah man have you uh ever used red zone uh, yeah, actually, so because uh, the Bears are not in our div- like in our like market, uh, we had to um, up until about two years ago, uh, we were buying the ticket uh, to watch uh, Bears games and stuff. And typically, we'd play in the morning, um, and then the rest of the day, you know, we just we just have games on. So I'd put Red Zone on, and it's it's funny because. It's like somebody that ha- has H. Uh, it's like somebody that has ADHD is running the switches because all they're doing is just pressing buttons. Like, oh, here's one play from this team. Oh, here's another play from this other team. Oh, you want to watch this for the next two minutes because everyone's injured on this like <laughs> at this game? Yeah, sure. Here you go. Like, it's it's like the, the perfect amount of chaos. <laughs> yeah, we were watching. Uh, my dad, he's never watched Red Zone, but me and my brother, we used to watch it here and there. But we got my dad into it. And they did the uh, opto screen or whatever, where they do like the eight screens all at once at the beginning. And my dad was like, what the fuck? He's like, how do I pay attention? (laughs) I was like, 
that's the beauty of it. You just kind of focus on one little thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, it's funny when they're playing audio for one game and then they're showing or like they're, they're playing audio for one game, but you're watching all of these games and you don't exactly know which one to look at. Yeah, uh, I think they I think they highlight it, but I, it's been it's been about a year or two since I've seen it. So, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not 100 percent on how it, and then like so I, I play fantasy football as well uh, with my brother. We've had a league for fuck knows how long. And, um, so we, uh, like uh, if I would hang out with him or something like that, we'd be watching red zone and it's just, it's a lot, like it really is, but you're also, so try doing that. And then looking at your scores at the same time, like, it's just, it's, there's so much going on. (laughs) Oh, I've, I just recently got big in the fantasy. I've been doing it for like four years, maybe, but the last like Mm. two years I've been getting like real invested in it. And like my days I have to like, chill myself out I have to be like all right don't get too annoyed but like there will be times during the day where I'm like looking at my phone and I'll just like throw it on the couch and my dad will chuckle and he'll be like oh I guess you didn't get any points from this player and I'm like nope but my player on this on the bench got this many points and we uh we got my dad into the league this year finally he's been one and like it's me him my brother and then like three or four of my friends are all in it and every Sunday, it's just me, my dad, and my brother. We're just all chirping at each other about fantasy, and like we're trying to conv- my, we're trying to convince my dad to trade us players. We'll be like, well, we'll give you this player for this player. And my dad's like, no, I'm reading reports on him. He's doing bad. I'm like, all right, all right, fair enough, I guess. <laughs> I uh um so I think when uh when I talk about my fantasy league, like, cause I I like football in general, right? I I just try to watch all of it, but like. Because uh, some games are good, sometimes not, whatever. But uh, I feel like I, uh, when I talk about fantasy, like when I'm hanging out with my dad and my uncle, they think I'm talking a different language, which, I mean, I guess essentially it is because it's like you have to know about specific, you know, statistics or whatever. And, I, like, I'll bring it up. I'm like, oh, this is, like, the the reason I'm doing this or this is why I picked up this guy. This guy sucks because, like, you know, they're playing at this and doing this. And they're just like, uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> that's how my dad is whenever i uh like i've done it's the worst thing i could have done but i've got my dad in the dirt sheets on accident for wrestling oh no yeah like it's he'll be like well i heard this and i'm like and i have to like try to explain to him who's reliable who's not because he's Mm. like well i just seen on like ringside or something like oh no no dad don't don't do that and i was like Uh, "Don't, don't, don't believe that one uh so my my stepdad is actually like that um so uh it was funny like me and my mom never like my mom never liked me like me watching wrestling when i was a kid right like i got suspended from school for hitting a kid with a diamond cutter in third grade and uh so since then she never liked me watching wrestling and then um uh what do you call it and then i kind of got back into it in middle school and I just like stopped watching it because like nobody liked it and so I thought it was like oh it's cool not to like it so then years years later I try always try to like keep up with it as much as I could but not like watching it and then uh I got back into it in culinary school because of my buddy um he like you know he got me back into it we went to a live show all of that and then come years later I like I always try to do cool things with my mom for Mother's Day. We always do like out of the ordinary shit. 
And uh, one year I was like, hey, we're going to go to Austin like tomorrow. Like, you know, get, get ready for that. She's like, oh, okay, cool. I took her to this thing. It was tacos and tequila. And it was like, they had like lucha out there and everything, right? Um, it was pretty cool. Like she got really into it. And actually she became, a, and you know, your listeners are going to have to forgive me. Uh, she got really into uh, Thunder Rosa because she was like the main eventer. And it was like her and like a, bunch, a couple other people. But that was when she was in Lucha Underground, to be fair. She was in Lucha Underground. So, um, but it was cool. It was cool seeing her and everything. It was like a, a cool vibe and all that. Um, but then she would like, she, I, like I'd be at her house watching Raw and she'd be kind of paying attention, but not really. Or, um, you know, I'd watch SmackDown in her house or whatever. And then um, she started dating this guy who she eventually married. And he was a big wrestling fan. Um, and like his name's Grayson he's he's a huge wrestling fan and we were talking of like long extensive conversation about Bullet Club at the time and she was like oh like I didn't know you like that like wrestling I was like mom I have a wrestling podcast like I like we do all like I go to wrestling shows like we've talked about this so she started kind of getting getting into it getting into it and everything and then he started like every time I, I I'll show up now to the house and she'll like uh he'll be like oh, I heard about this. I heard this guy was going to do this. I'm like, mm, no, like, that's, that's not, that's not a real thing. Like, don't, don't, don't no. do that. Don't do that. <laughs> like, uh, my mom even comes up with me with like, I don't know if she just checks like Instagrams or something, but like, oh, I saw, she, I found out my mom watches Asuka's like YouTube channel. <laughs> and I go, are you kidding me? Like, that's so cool. Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't even do that. She's like, oh yeah, I'm a huge fan of Asuka. Like, I, I love her YouTube and everything. I was like, that's cool as hell. <laughs> it's funny because like my my whole family watched wrestling growing up. And then my yeah. dad tells me the story all the time. I he stopped watching wrestling whenever I was like one or two because it used to scare me. I don't know why. It was like the attitude era. So I'm thinking like the Undertaker and all that stuff probably scared me. But then like around three or four, I'll like I'll never forget this. The first time I watched wrestling was John Cena's debut. And that's why he's like my goat in my eyes. Like yeah. he got me into it. And my dad, he's like, soon as I stopped watching it, like less than two years later, you started loving it. And he tries telling me he's not a fan of wrestling, but I caught him in his room the other night, laying in bed watching SmackDown. And I was like, I walked in, I was like looking at the TV and I was like, what's going on? He's like, who's this guy choking out Drew? And I was like, oh, it's Karrion Cross. He's like, he seems like he's good. And I'm like, that's a conversation for another day, Dad. But <laughs> we won't, we won't get into that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, all right, all right. But like, there's numerous times I'll catch him watching Raw, SmackDown, or my favorite was uh, last year when CM Punk returned. He was like laying in his room, and like the whole family besides him, me and my stepmom and my brother are all watching it, ready for CM Punk to come out. And I like run to his room because I'm like crying that punk returned i'm like dad dad cm punk returned and i woke on his tv and he's sitting there watching cm punk and i was like i, I thought you didn't care man he's like i'm just checking in to see how it's going you know <laughs> but the way he got into dirt sheets is like this is gonna sound so like cringe me and cody talked about it on two men in a podcast i used to run okay. facebook pages like actively like huge wrestling pages on facebook of like, like one with like literally almost 400,000, maybe even more followers on it. 
And Damn. this is whenever I was like 13 or 14, I was like on them and all of that. And he would just like them out of support. And now, like all these years later, he hasn't like unliked them or whatever it is on Facebook. So he'll yeah. get like updates on his phone about like all sorts of stuff. And he, like I said, he'll just bring up random stuff. Like he, he yeah. told me something uh, the night after All Out, like I wanted to tell him about the brawl or whatever, because I just love talking to him about it. And I was like, oh, my God, you hear what happened after All Out last night? And he's like, yeah, CM Punk went on a rant, and then there was a fist fight. Someone got bit or something. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was like, how do you know all of this? That's I funny. Like, I've, uh, I, I, so I, I got my mom to, like, we, we go to live shows now. Or, like, we go to, like, WWE shows. And it's funny because it's, it's partly my excuse to, like, go. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll take my, I'll take my mom and my stepdad to, uh, to Raw or whatever. Um, but you know, I, I enjoyed the, you know, it's, it's different. You know what I mean? It, that big arena feel or whatever, uh, getting to see everybody pop for stuff. And yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, this last time was, was even cooler, but like, um, you know, like I see how like excited she is for these shows and it just makes me happy that like, there's something that I like that she likes, um, it, uh, that she gets excited for Like, uh, I actually got to take my mom to uh, see me ring announce, but it was like Laredo. And um, yeah, she had a blast, but she, it, it's, it goes to show how like um, how much she is swerved and she still has like that suspended disbelief on everything. Um, because the first match, they barely even start in the whole mat. The whole show is supposed to be like death matches basically. And the first match, they start off hot. They're on the outside. They're kicking shit out of each other. A buddy of mine throws this dude who I had never seen before, like Laredo guy, uh, just threw him into the, the crowd. And my thought process was, I'm like, hey, mom, like, stay towards the back a little yeah. bit. Like, you'll be kind of close, but stay towards the back because, like, you'll, you won't see any action. Like, usually, like, something happens. Like, everyone moves or whatever. Like, you won't have to do that over here. And I was, like, I felt like I was lying to her because – first thing that happens you know king rob love throws somebody into the into the crowd and rolls right in front of my mom to her feet and she bends over like are you okay (laughs) (laughs) like uh she told me about it when i came back around because i saw that happen um because i had to roll out of the ring real quick after announcing it i had to roll out of the ring real quick and then i see that happen and i walk up like i run up there and I'm like, hey, are you all right? Like, I saw that happen right from me. She's like, yeah, but like, is that guy okay? I was like, yeah, he's fine. Like, he, he does this. Like, it's fine. Um, yeah. So, like, it, it's funny how the suspended disbelief is still there for her. Like, I, I enjoy listening to her while we're watching Raw. And uh, she'd be like, oh, you smug piece of shit. Or like, whatever. Just like talking about like whoever it is, like whoever the heel is. Or I don't like that guy. Or, you know, I'm like, good that he's doing his job good <laughs> uh my what's it called my uh stepmom's mom so like my step grandma she yeah. or my stepmom both of them ever since raw 1000 so 2012 any like televised event aew uh wwe every now and then like if impact rolls through uh but not mm-hmm. nwa thank god uh she yeah, buys us right. tickets. <laughs> she buys us tickets too and it's like into the point to where like when tickets go on, like get announced that they're going on sale, like my friends will text me and they're like, Hey, do you want to go to this? And I'm like, listen, dude, it's just been like a tradition forever that me, my stepmom and my brother all go to these. I'm like, 
as much as I would love to go to a show with you guys, like it's a family tradition. So I've been to like numerous events and it's just so crazy because I'm like out of that like fandom stage where I start popping, but like yeah. you know, I'll pop, but like we were at a, a rampage last fall and there was this little girl in front of us and I'll never forget this because it's like stuck with me, but she was going nuts for Riho. She had like a sign that said, I'm here for Riho. She was going nuts. And like when she won, she freaked out. And I was like, I was like, I remember being a little kid and I remember like being just like that. And I'm like, that's just crazy to me because I'm not like that anymore. Yeah. I don't like go nuts for my favorites anymore like that. But my little brother's like, oh my God, she was marking out. And I was like, dude, you used I remember when Zack Ryder came out and you started fist pumping. Do, do not start this, please. <laughs> it's funny because, like, I I will never try to down anybody freaking out about something. I think there's a limit to some specific stuff, but like, um, no, nah, like if people are excited about wrestling, that, that's good enough for me. Like, I've I've talked to a lot of people, like there's you know, you know a lot of fans and stuff, um, and they like you know people have opinions. Some are terrible. Uh, I will not tell them that their their opinion is terrible unless it's like, uh, like legitimately like um, you know if it's like homophobic or sexist or yeah, you know something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, for the most part, people like wrestling. People have opinions about stuff. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, uh, it's it's cool that you like it. Like, it's cool that you you found something that is cool, like that you like about this business. Uh, I find myself like you where like I'm kind of jaded about specific things where like I won't do like the big pop unless like I'm just like oh shit that's cool right yeah I, I won't just like freak out about too many things anymore I think the last time I like at, at like a fed show uh I popped for something um was I got I got pretty excited for Edge coming back and this was the day after uh uh after royal rumble like they were here in san antonio for raw and i was like oh cool i'll go check it out and i went with a couple of friends and uh that was like you know like there was a huge pop for him and i was like oh shit this is really cool yeah um but then uh the, the last time i had the, a huge pop was when seth rollins brought, brought back the curb stomp because it was here in san antonio and i was like oh shit like that's awesome and then this little kid that was sitting next to me goes Oh, that was cool. What was that? I was like, Seth Rollins just brought back the curb stomp. He had to stop doing that for a few years. And I'm like, they let him brought it. And like the dad was looking at me like, what the fuck dude? Like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, your kids are really excited. I'm really excited, dude. I think like the last three times I remember really popping were it was at an anarchy show during a Nick Gage match. He rolled out of the ring and he did his whole deal where he's like high-fiving the crowd after a match. And he cuts yeah. the promo, I and love you guys. And then he high fives everyone. And yeah. he like, after his match, he came up to me and I'm not a hugger. I hate hugging people. But Nick Gage came at me and I was like, bring it in. And I like hugged him. He goes, yeah. I fucking love you, man. And I went, I fucking love you too, Nick Gage. And then <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, Nick Gage brings the worst out of me. Um, another time was the Royal Rumble this year. Like I popped way too hard for Bad Bunny. When his music hit, I remember jumping out of my seat and I was like, Bad Bunny? I was like, what? Dude, so sick though. Dude, it was such a cool, and I knew it was happening because he was backstage and all that, but I, the moment his music hit, I jumped up 
And then yes. Sting. Sting will be one of my favorite moments ever at Survivor Series because, like, I remember that whole match. I was like, somebody's coming out. Somebody has to come out. I'm like, either Randy Orton's returning. I, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Sting came out, and I remember, like, jumping out of my seat. Like, because the lights did the whole lights out thing, and then the lights came yeah. back on, and everyone's standing up. And I'm, like, looking around, and I'm like, holy shit. And, like, I said, holy shit. And then, like, four people down started yelling it. And I was like, oh, my God, let's start a chant, guys. And he started a holy shit chant. But there was this, like, nine-year-old behind me. And he's like, oh, my God, it's the Stinger, Dad. Dad, it's the Stinger. You used to tell me about him. And I was like, yeah, little man. And I turned around, and I high-fived him real hard. I was like, this is awesome, dude. And like, it was just, <laughs> like, there's, like, moments like that or when um, CM Punk came out, whenever I got to see him for the first time, in like eight years at AEW last year when he came out I'm not gonna lie I like jumped out of my seat and I brought my phone out and I recorded his whole promo and I remember like I'm getting goosebumps now because CM Punk minus all the backstage like his crazy he's one of my favorites like he's one of my favorites dude and I remember recording it getting goosebumps and I was like I felt a tear like roll down my eye and I was like I'm actually seeing CM Punk right now fuck yeah but like fuck yeah dude Stupidest thing I had somebody tell me. I'm not gonna air them out on here. I'll tell you off air. I, I yeah. don't know him, but he told me. Uh, he told me, if you're gonna be a worker, because this is whenever I was trying to get into like uh, being an announcer and all that. He's like, if you're gonna yeah. be involved in this wrestling, you can't be a fan anymore. And I was like, mm. what? And then for like mm. a solid like year and a half, I would just like not be a fan and then like as i've grown i was like that's some of the like because then i started going to shows and i started seeing the wrestlers like peek their head behind the curtain and all that pop and i'm like all right yeah wrestling like you can be a worker and a fan never mind yeah and like i've i've heard that too i've uh been around a lot of jaded people uh, it kind of told me the exact same thing you know like i i've worked with some really cool people um and like i i feel very fortunate to have a lot of opportunities like uh, to work where I do and talk to people like whether I'm con- uh, commentary or, or ring announcing and uh, see their actual mannerisms and then see them in the ring and then come back and be like totally normal people. Um, but like, I've had a lot of like interactions with people and I'm like, you can do both. Uh, don't be over the top. Like don't, don't make anybody feel, and this is for fans too. If like anybody hearing this, like don't make anybody feel weird like, or don't like, go over the top. I mean, you might be really excited and everything, but it's okay. Like, you know, they're normal people. They do want to have conversations, even if they don't, like they'll be nice about it typically. Um, you know, like it's just, you know, I, I try to hold myself in a professional manner, but at the same time, like in the inside, I'm like, Hey, this is really cool. Like, I'm uh, thank you for talking to me, blah, blah, blah. And usually they're pretty, they're pretty chill about it. You know? Um, I, I get really excited about stuff because the inside I see like, man, like, I got to work with so-and-so I got to work with so-and-so this is really cool and like leading up to it I'm like really excited and then like day comes and like I'll go and I'll talk to them you know because mostly because I have to not because like I'm I can be socially awkward and be like no I don't want to to talk to them but I I have to um but like then I'll like I'll chill out a bit and be like hey man what's going on like this you know this is what I'm doing okay cool thanks you know and um you know I'll I'll, I'll like put it out there be like I'm actually a real big fan but you know like just like you know it's cool working with you or whatever and you're pretty chill about it you know what I mean 
I think the only time I've gotten like really bad because I'm socially awkward too is I went up to Josh, uh, Josh Alexander and bless his heart. He's the nicest person ever. And I go to these shows, I go to like shows and I'll like try to network and be like, Hey, I have a podcast. Here's what it's about. If you want to be on all that. And I like yeah. went up to Alexander and I got like so starstruck. I couldn't even get out my question. I was like, uh, uh, hi. <laughs> and he like, I went to shake his hand or I went for Nux. Or, yeah. I think I went for like to shake his hand. And then I was like, oh, wait, I don't know if people are cool shaking hands yet with COVID still kind of being a thing. So then I went for yeah. Nux, but he didn't like catch the cue for Nux. And he just like shook my fist and he's like, keep it up, man. And I was like, what? And I was like, all right. <laughs> but then like later that night, I was uh, out at the bar because they were doing an after party. And I remember I was like, I went up to the promoter KLD. I was like, all right, see you, man. Great show tonight. And I'm like walking out of the bar and I'll never forget Jake something goes, see a squints. And I turned around so quick and I was like, what? And I was like, yeah, he's like, see a squints. I see you on Twitter all the time. And I was like, yeah, see a dude. And I like, walked yeah. and I was like, what the absolute, like does hearing people call, cause like, it sounds corny, just me being a podcaster, but people calling me like my stage name squints. Yeah. 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 So sick to me. I love it when people like just, I don't know because I like try to separate my my shoot name and squints so much and like for like a wrestler to like acknowledge that and I was like all right or like I when I went to Jersey S4 TV they what's it called they were all like wait a minute you're squints aren't you and I'm like yeah yeah and they're like why does why does Jody and Connors hate you and I'm like I I don't know <laughs> <laughs> well you're, you're up with the bits too that's sick like I uh um I feel you on like um like having this sort of thing with your uh with your name and all that and like is I, I still don't get used to people calling me Ricky, right? Because like Richard is my middle name. Uh but like, you know, it's it it was easier to remember. Cause they try to say my shoot name, like people get it wrong all the time. It's fine. I'm just tired of correcting people. So I just say Ricky to everyone, right? But like um like at my shoot job when we would get like trainees and stuff. I would start to like, I would try to shake their hand and say, Hey, my name's Ricky, which is very much not the thing because there was already like two of the Richards working there. So like, like I can't be the third one. Like, so like I was getting, having like this existential crisis of like, Oh my God, what is my name? Like, um, so like, I never, I never got used to it. Uh, I still kind of am not because like people will say, Hey Ricky, and I won't pay attention I like I don't I guess it doesn't click right away that they're talking to me um and it's it's surreal seeing people that you talk to online or you uh uh you see at like these shows and stuff uh, working all these matches and then um you go backstage and you talk to them and they know who you are and they call you by your your work name and like it's just it's it's weird you're right like there's I, I don't think I'll get used to that you know like I don't care where I work or whatever like I don't think I'll ever get used to being called Ricky or uh, I'll be called or I'll, I'll be used to like hearing people that I see and that I like you know interacting with me and calling me that so it, it, I feel you on that <laughs> so it's just it's crazy because like I don't know like just the past like two years alone I've kind of like grown the podcast so for people to like see it I guess yeah because anytime I go to a show people are like oh what's up squints and I'm like 
dude, when I seen you at a show three years ago, you were calling me Jake. Now you're calling me Squint Sets. I mean, that's what's up, I guess. It's just, yeah, that's, that's crazy. It's funny though, because like, in my, uh, my most recent job interview, she asked me, she goes, oh, so what do you go by? And out of habit, I said, squints and she said what and i was like oh ignore that i'm so sorry <laughs> she's like no it's fine <laughs> and like it led into a conversation but i was like just like and i'll have like friends like from local shows and all that they'll come to my work and they'll be like oh what's up squints and all my managers and stuff are looking at me like what and i was like it's just it's a nickname don't don't worry about it please <laughs> please don't work it up <laughs> i uh it, that's funny i so my first month at uh, this last job, my first month, uh, I had told everybody, you know, like my brother had worked there too. He's one of the chefs. And uh, he, uh, so he had told everybody before I even got there that I was in wrestling, right? I was in the business. And uh, so when I got there, everyone had a bunch of questions. They're like, oh yeah, I'm always happy to talk about it or whatever. Everybody tells me their shitty wrestling takes. And I'm like, oh, that's cool too. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so then like, uh the the head chef there um could not remember and mind you i have a big sticker with my stupid face on it on my yeti it's a big yellow yeti right um he he could not remember my name for the life of me and uh he he started calling me johnny fajitas and i was like it's actually kind of a fire name i'm gonna change my twitter name to johnny fajitas right now uh, but yeah, so then like other people would, uh, as a joke would call me Johnny Fajitas and I was like, they would call me all, all the different types of names because like when, then my first day, they wrote me down on the schedule as Big Poppy Sofrito and that was one of like my brother's favorite ones for me because uh, like I said, I, at the top of the show, I have a shit ton of monikers that I go by and Big Poppy Sofrito is one of them. Um, and so, and it was uh, Papi Ranchero as well. Like he, th those are the two that he was his absolute favorite. And so for a week, he would write down my nicknames in, like, instead of my name. And so nobody knew, like any of the people that didn't know me personally, didn't know my name. So they were just calling me like random things in the kitchen. <laughs> that sounded cool. So I was like, ah, whatever, man, I'll go with it. <laughs> you know, it's uh, because I'm like, I'm becoming more, open with like podcasting I guess like at first I was kind of hiding it at work because like it's wrestling wrestling's embarrassing to me still I don't know why it's just <laughs> it's like how I, like when I went to school people would bully me for watching wrestling and all that and now it's back on the rise and boom again which is so cool to me but yeah it kind of got around because whenever I went on this trip to Jersey I like I, they were like, oh, what are you going to Jersey for? And I was like, well, I can't like make up an excuse. I have to tell them the truth. I can't say something stupid. I'm going across the country. So I was like, yeah. oh, it's for, it's for my wrestling podcast. And she's like, you have a wrestling podcast? And I was like, yes, I, I, I do. And then he like, and she's like, oh my God, that's so cool. Tell me more about it. And I straight up told my manager, I was like, all due respect. Like, no, like, honestly, I, I don't want to talk about it. Like if, you really want to know about it, we can talk about it, but like, I'm not going to talk about it right here in front of everyone. And just yeah. like in that interviews now and stuff like that, like job interviews, I'll tell them, they'll be like, oh, so what do you do for fun? And then I bring it up now. And it's just because like, I think me and you've had this conversation before how I try to keep like the podcast in real life separated, but like over yeah. time, I'm trying to realize I was like, maybe I should kind of like not separate them in a way, like separate them, but yeah. Not. Um, I was, um, so before, 
um, you know, I wouldn't really talk about it with anybody just because it didn't seem like anyone was interested. That's okay. Like, I don't, like, um, even if people are interested, like I said, I, you know, there's some people that got shitty wrestling takes. I don't want to hear them half the time. But, like, um, but, like, um, recently with this last job and the job before that, they were really cool about, like, giving me the time off because they saw that I was actually traveling and all that. Um, and there was a couple of weekends where, like, it was just rough. Like, I went from being at work to being on the road to um, trying to be on the road to come back to work. And it just, it was not working for me at all. Like, I was, like, I was tired half the time. And then, like, I was making stupid mistakes. And they were, like, hey, man, like, this this job was, was really cool because they were, like, hey, well, I should just give you the weekends off if you want. And I was, like, this is a restaurant. Like, yeah, y'all sure you okay? I'm like, yeah, we'll cover it. We'll figure it out. And uh, I was, like, wow, that is fantastic like i you know thank you so much um for for that like for understanding so like i had a lot of time to be able to travel i would still get out of work and go immediately like get on the road but at least like i could stay there uh because i don't like driving at night i get real tired especially if i'm going in at like 5 30 in the morning i get out at like 4 30 and then i immediately hit the road and then i have to be at call time or i'm just barely making call time like it's just it's a lot you know so uh it was cool to have like somebody that was understanding enough to be like hey like you know we'll give you that that time off so you don't have to worry about like because we need you fresh when you come back and i was like cool thank you so much like um you know any job moving forward for me i have to really be on on the ball and try to at least find something that is going to be understanding or have the weekends off or they're just going to give me the scheduled time that i need because i'm starting to pick up more bookings you know yeah it's funny you say that about restaurants on weekends because my new job is not food. And I've worked in food for five years now, probably for the most part. And at this new job, she was asking me my availability. And I was like, just telling her, she's like, do you want, uh, she's like, uh, I hope you don't mind, but weekends off. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, that's a thing. And she's like, she's like, well, why wouldn't it be? I was like, I've just worked in food for all I, long as I can remember. It's just like, as long as I can remember, like if anybody wanted to make plans, it had to be like later at night on the weekends because I work weekends or like if I like I always tell people I'm like if you want me to be free on a Saturday, you have to give me like at minimum three weeks advance just so I can try to get it off. And that's just a big yeah. maybe. But how long have you been in food? Uh, so it's actually one of the the few and only jobs that I've done uh outside let's see I think I've only had two jobs that weren't food related uh more recently I worked in a CBD shop um and before that like maybe like 11 years ago 12 years ago now uh I worked in uh I worked in retail a couple times but that was in high school and like that was also a second job so I mean I was working um I was working at Whataburger at the time um but yeah i worked for a rent to own company and that was weird and different and like <laughs> shady because like you know you uh sometimes you have to go repo people's stuff and they don't like when you repo their stuff so that was that was a big pain in the ass i didn't like doing it for very long um but yeah i've worked in in kitchens for like 20 years now oh man. um yeah, I, like it's, I, you know, and it, it honestly, I didn't take it seriously until about nine years ago, maybe 10 years ago now. 
Uh, so I've been cooking professionally and worked in some really great restaurants. Um, some, some that had, um, you know, pretty big names here in, in San Antonio. And uh, it, it got, the, the scene is kind of weird and toxic. I won't get too much into it. Um, I mean, I, I could, cause I can go on forever really. Uh, but it um, like, it's just, it's really mentally draining. And one of the things I do uh, talk about a lot is like mental health when it comes to like being in kitchen, nobody really asks you, nobody asks you like, Hey man, can you handle this? Are you okay with this? Like, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I was going in for 12 hour days and it's grueling. You know what I mean? I, I was even head chef of a restaurant for a while and it was, it was tough. Uh, and it was like, I was there for a year and it was just, it was grueling. I went in as a sous chef and then uh, my buddy left and I became the head chef. And then it was just constant. Like you have to think about new things. You have to worry about how this order is going to come in. You have to like go get food. If like your order didn't come in right. Um, you you got to worry about employees and what they're doing scheduling. It's, it's, it's a pain. Uh, on top of that, you have to make food look good and you have to make it taste good and try not to kill people. So it's uh it, it's very grueling. But I've been I've been doing it for long enough to where like I you know I learned how to multitask I learned how to I learned a lot of good things and uh, you know I've um, I, it's weird to say I, and I don't tell a lot of people but uh, I'm an award winning chef I've had I've been featured on TV I've been featured in like um, I've been featured in like uh, uh, I think I got a magazine thing and then I had like newspaper stuff for sure on um, like internet articles and stuff so it's it's cool like. I don't ever think about it because, uh, you know, I'm just usually like beating myself up like, man, I had a hell of a day and like sucks and I hate it. But then like somebody will remind me like, hey, you know, you've done a lot. You've done a lot in your life and that's it's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm good at I'm like I, and I know like for a fact, like I know I'm good at like cooking and stuff. So can I see myself doing anything else? Probably not. I'd probably go right back to like being in a kitchen. <laughs> No, and that's like, that's the boat I'm in because like I said, I've worked in food forever. Granted, it's been front of house, but still it's just like my new job is retail and like all my coworkers, they're all like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure. Like I, granted, a lot of my coworkers are all like either like young adults or teenagers. Like I'm one of the older-ish people and like they all like come up to me and they're like, like, are you really doing this? Are you really leaving? And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm really leaving. And they're like, you don't know anything about food. I'm like, well, I know a little bit other than food, but like, and I always have to tell them because they always, like, they look at me as like a big brother, which I always find weird because like they come to me for the stupidest, stupidest advice. And like today I had to tell someone, like, they're like, oh man, like that's, that's a big change. And I like, I don't know, like, I felt like Gary V in a way. And I just like kind of sat down in my chair and I leaned back and I was like, well, sometimes you just have to change and it's not about the change it's how you react to it and they're just like oh my god and I was like yeah just don't use your vein here because that's no-no here but you know yeah they just what's it called like it's they they don't understand because they're they're young they just don't understand that like it's okay to like make a big change and like that's like that's what I've been driving and everyone said the past week I'm like don't be like scared to do something you're not comfortable with work-wise like because if it messes up one you guys are young enough where if it's not good and you mess up there like you can always fall back onto fast food like it's fine and I was like you you guys got this you guys got this and then one of them are like 
oh man, I'm sad to see you leave. And I hit a bus out. I'm like, don't be sad. I'm leaving. Just be glad I was here. They're like, oh, okay. Okay. It's just, it's like, as much as I complain online about this job, I've kind of been saying it online too recently. Like this job, as much as I hate it, I'm going to miss it because of like the kitchen atmosphere. And that's like, you can probably relate to that. Like you've probably seen people come and go in your kitchens and it's just, it's sad. I'm, I will say this, this last job that I've had, uh, you know, I started out and yeah, I haven't been there that long, but like I started out and like my brother was the chef and like one of my friends had uh, moved up and she was basically running the kitchen. Um, you know, I knew the majority of the people. Um, I knew one of them since she was in second grade. Uh, I knew the, uh, the managers, like I had worked there previously. There's some people that were still there. There's some people that weren't, but I got to know everybody. And then little by little, everybody just started leaving. And I, it got to the point where I was the last one that I like from an original crew. And I hadn't, like I said, I hadn't been there that long, but even before that, when I was there the first time, I was one of the few that were just still there and they wanted to make me management and they wanted to do this and that. And I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds cool. I, you know, like, I, ha- I was a little bit like skeptical about it. Cause I'm like, you know, um, like, is this what I want or am I doing it for the money or whatever? Um, you know, and it's okay to make decisions based on money. It's fine. But like, uh, I just noticed that like nobody was there that I knew or like it was just dwindling. And uh, cause you know, cooks are a dime dozen. You, you here in San Antonio, you uh, go outside and you throw a rock and you'll hit a, a line cook. You know what I mean? So it's uh it was one of those things that like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be there um, much longer. Cause it just didn't, the atmosphere was totally different. So yeah, you, you see people come and go all the time. Like there's a huge turnover rate in, in uh, restaurants, you know? That's another thing I keep on telling them. I'm like, for, especially for someone like me who doesn't strive for management, because that's not for me. Like I've yeah. been open about it. Management's not for me. And I tell every employer that. Like yeah. if I end up wanting to become management or like rank up here, I'll let you know just because like, that's just how I am. Like I'm more of like, uh, just, I don't know. I'd rather be not management. And I keep on telling like uh, all my coworkers too, like you said, like money, making the decision on money is okay. But like, I keep on telling them too, I'm like something like you need to like make a decision on your mental health. Cause there's like, some of these kids are like, this job's so mentally draining. And I'm like, then get a new job because you're too young yeah. to be letting a job mess with your mental health. Like you're too young. Like you're in high school, you play sports. And if a job's too much for you, a job is too much for you. I was like, yeah. it's okay to step away. And a few of them have. Like, mm-hmm. and I tell them, I'm like, don't, like if management gets upset with you for having to take time off for work or whatever, they'll get over it. Because like you said, you can go outside, throw a rock and you'll hit a line cook. Like, yeah. Like in fast food, you can go outside for a rock and you'll hit somebody that's worked fast food and knows a little bit about fast food or are looking for a job. And I like yep. tell them, I'm like, it's going to be okay. Like, because there's been a few people, like you said, like turnaround in restaurants in general are just crazy. And like, I've only been at this job for 10 months, coming up on 11 months. And the amount of people I've seen like show up and leave in between those 11 months is just crazy. Like, it's, like at uh, when I worked at Five Guys, it was even more crazy. I at Five Guys, I went through three general managers, and then probably like over two dozen like team members. Just God damn. Yeah, 
And that was that, granted, yeah. that was like in a year and a half span, two year span. So, yeah, man, it's you know, um, I, I tell people now, especially with the pandemic, because like I so I, I used to pride myself, um, before all of that, right? Before COVID was even a thing, um, I used to pride myself on never calling in, right? Uh, I always thought I was some like tough guy because like, oh man, I never call in. Like nothing is an excuse for me. If I call in, it's a total emergency. I don't call in if I have a, a hangover and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, I still think you shouldn't call in for a hangover, but whatever, you know, like, you know, it is yeah. what it is. But like, um, I always thought I was like some kind of a fucking cool guy for saying that. And then the pandemic happened. And then I realized like, oh shit, this is like, like, you could get people sick in so many different ways and you don't even think about it. Like I used to be kind of safe with the sense that like, I, I always wash my hands constantly. Like I would always wear gloves or whatever. Um, and then like, if I was ever sick, like I would put a bandana on my face. Right. Um, but I, you know, that was just like precautionary. I also would go in like feeling like death and be like, all right, let's do this. And like, I had like this little home remedy thing. I'd make any of my cooks or myself or whatever. Like even when I went in hung over or whatever the case was, um but like once the pandemic happened and i go back into working in the kitchen um i was like you know what like i'm more okay with like calling in now like it's okay to need that time for yourself it's okay to like if you're not feeling well don't come in like if you're like even mentally in that that's a big thing that we kind of tell ourselves the, the one time i heard somebody say they took a mental health day and i was like dude what the fuck like we work in a restaurant like how do you do that like I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like that's like some office job shit, right? Um, you know. And then I, I look back at it, and I think like I've gone through what I thought was going to be a heart attack and wanted of being a severe panic attack, and like I've felt on the verge of that before, and uh, or since then. And like um, you have to kind of like think about yourself sometimes. You have to be able to call in. Like the the kitchen's still going to roll. Like, it doesn't matter what happens. Like. Yeah, you're putting people in a predicament or whatever, but like the kitchen is still going to roll with or without you there. You know, like all the wheels are going to keep turning no matter what. Like if you're there or not, like if you leave the job permanently and like you have to think about yourself, like when it comes to some of these things. So, um, yeah, I mean, we like it sucks like being on the opposite end of that when like you have half your staff call in and you're like, well, you got to roll with it. Um, it sucks, but uh, I, I see it differently now where. I sympathize with people. If they can't be here, they can't be here. Like, I'm like, I don't want them to come in if they're sick or if they have something going on. I don't want them to be here. Like let them, let them deal with it. You know, I had a, a coworker not long ago. She was going through like a bad breakup. Like, and it happened while she was at work on her break. And yeah. Like she was in the break room, like crying. And I like went up to her and I was like, are you okay? That's like my first question. I don't care. Like, because they told me, like, go see, go see if she's on the clock. And I'm like, all right, yes, boss. Mm. I walked right to the break yeah. room. I was like, are you okay? That's all I need to know right now. Are you okay? And she told me, she's like, no, I feel I, I, I feel like I shouldn't be here. And I was like, well, elaborate. And she's like, I, 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 I need to be home. And that's all I'm saying. And I was like, give me five seconds. And I, like, went up to my manager and I was like, listen, man, like, I know not everyone here deals with mental health issues, but, like, I know, like, how she's feeling right now. And I promise you, like you might think an extra body might be good right now, but like her body won't be any help because she's just not okay. Like you can't have somebody yeah. that's not okay here. And he was like, all right, all right, well, was she on the clock? And I was like, 
yes, but you have to understand, like, that was the least of her worries is if she clocked in or out on it. Like, not. Yeah. Granted, she might have thought she clocked in and she just forgot. And then, like, and that, like I said, going back, I, I, what's it called, drive in their heads, like, mental health matters because I, I, mental health to me is more important than any job, any job. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, uh, I always made it a point to uh, ask my trainees, like when I was, you know, showing them the ropes and everything. I was like, hey, this job is very tough. Like I, that would always be the first conversation I have with them. Like this job is very tough, right? You have to prep. You're going to be one person all day prepping for a thousand something dollar restaurant every, you know, that they make thousands of dollars every day. I was yeah. like, so it's tough. I was like, but just breathe through all of it. Take your time you know, like multitask, but make sure you, you are okay mentally. And then like, if you're doing something, I was watching them, you know, cut vegetables or something. I'd see them kind of stuff. I'm like, Hey, how's it going? Are you all right? Like, do you need anything? Like, do you just want to talk about something? And they're like, ah, this is stressful. I'm like, yeah, you're right. This is stressful. Like take a breather if you have to, like, you know, go in the walk in and scream for a second or go outside. Take, like take a deep breath. Like it's fine. The, the, the kids are still going to be here. You know, like, don't feel obligated to be at your job and do the most all the time. Like, I get that, like, there's still a stigma with, like, oh, well, that person's just lazy and blah, blah, blah. But, like, sometimes you just need a breather. Sometimes you just don't walk away. I've, I've had to do that. Like, it used to be, like, anger issues for me at the kitchen, like, in the kitchen. I absolutely used to be that person that would throw pots and shit, right? Then after a while, like, I would feel myself getting, like, more and more upset. And I mean, like, you know what? I'm going to remind myself from the situation. Like, I'm going to walk away. And like, sometimes you need to, sometimes it's like, Hey, this is getting to me. Like I, I would tell my managers like, Hey, look, this is getting to me, man. Like I, this is where this is coming from, blah, blah, blah. And it, sometimes they get taken aback. Like, Oh, wow. Like, you know, thank you for telling me. I'm glad you remove yourself from that. Like um, there's other times where like, Hey man, you just got to roll with it and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I get that too. I do. Um, you know, if you're in the middle of a rush, you can't just walk away. You know, I, I get that, but I always try to like check on people and make sure, like, hey, you good? Like, you know, do you need help with something? Even if you take one thing off of somebody's mind, it's one thing that can like alleviate so much stress. Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. Yeah, no, like when we're in the middle of a rush, like this past Saturday, we had a horrible, like unpredicted rush. Like, we kind of knew it was going to happen because there was like a, uh, a carnival, like a fair right down the road from us. Ah. And we, management knew about it and they didn't warn anyone and like you kind of like walked into it like not expecting it to be that busy like it was a Saturday you're expecting it to be busy but not that busy but like after the rush I was like all right anybody that needs to just like go take a breather go take a breather and they're like well what about you and I was like go take a breather go take go go take 30 seconds 45 seconds a minute two minutes and then when you get back up here I'll go back there like it's fine like I, I always used to tell people when I was uh, when I was sous chef or head chef for like even it was just like if I was covering somebody on their on their line, um, I'll feel better if you feel better. Um, I'll take I'll take a breather after you do. Like once I know that like you're good, you can come back and you're like mentally clear. I got you. Don't worry about it. Like um, I like I'll, I'll cover it for a little bit if you want to. Like if you just need some time, you know yeah. it's it's. It happens to the best of us. It really does. No, definitely. And like, that's how I am at my work. Like, 
if I can tell somebody needs to just like, even if it's just they need to go sit in the bathroom and just sit there and just like let out a few uh, a few tears, or if they yeah. need to like just take a deep breath, I'll go up to them. I'll be like, "Are you good?" And if they just say nothing, I'm like, "You're not good. Just take a step away for a second. Let me handle." Or let, like you said, you need something. Like, is there something small that like is holding you back? And I'll do like because like you said, the littlest things, especially like in food, like somebody making drinks and they need just i'll knock out a few of the orders for them i'll be like here i'll start on this half of the screen and then you get this half and then we'll meet in the middle and like before you know it we'll be over and then you can just relax like it's just it's as simple as asking like all right man where you at right now okay cool i'm gonna take this this and this and just tell them because sometimes people need direction like i work with people like oh man i'm just doing all of it okay i understand but I'm going to take this, 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 and this, and you work on these things and we'll, we'll knock it out real quick. And like, it's sometimes as simple as that. Um, one of the things that I was running into was almost the opposite reaction where they're like, Hey, uh, I'm going to do this uh, for you. So it kind of leaves some trust. Oh, thank you so much. And then they do it wrong. And then I have to fix the problem. <laughs> so it was kind of like ass backwards. It was a point where I was like, I'm just adding more stress. Like you're just not helping me. Like you're not helping me at this point. Um, but I try to be. I try to be nice about it as long as I could. <laughs> uh, but like, there's times where like you can just you can say like, Yo, I'm gonna take this from you. Uh, don't worry about this. I'll take care of it. Uh, or like, um, Hey, what do you need? Sometimes it's as simple as like getting a glass of water. You know what I mean? Like. Um, I don't think people realize how friggin' hot it is in, in kitchens. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, whenever yeah. I was a host over a uh, uh, host at that restaurant, I was yeah. also host in a busser. And if I was hosting and I seen that like the busser was struggling, I would tell the other host, I'd be like, "Hey, hold the stand down for literally like forty five seconds. I'm gonna go do the simplest thing as taking the cups off these tables, or I'm gonna go take the silverware off these tables. Something small to where all the yeah. buy." And just grab one thing and wipe and then like it's like you said it's the simplest things like that or if i was busting and i seen the host was like struggling i'd be like mm-hmm. hey the tables can wait go like if you want to get away from the people because that's a big thing too people go like if you're in the middle of that moment where you feel yeah. like things going crazy being around a crowd of people isn't going to help and i'll be like mm-hmm. all right hey go bus tables 42 43 and 44 and i'll hold the fort down here and we'll be all right and like it's like like it's like it's like i said going back i normally these jobs i'm working with like these younger kids and i'm always driving in their head i'm like mental health like yeah because i that's i in my opinion that's what i wish uh somebody was there to tell me whenever i was starting off working in these food like in these yeah. uh, fast food, and food jobs like i wish somebody would come up to me like hey take a breather dude mental health like it, it's toxic like i mean and I say that from being in a kitchen that wasn't supposed to be all of a sudden, like, here it is. It's, it's toxic. You know what I mean? Like you get people that just don't really care. Like they just want to get the end goal every time. And it's like, you, you have to wonder like, or you have to like understand that not everybody is just like a worker, like a faceless worker. Like they're, they have people, you know, they have people they take care of. They have emotions that they have to deal with. Um, you got to wonder like why uh, some people are acting the way that they are, they, the way they feel, the way, or why they feel the way they feel. Um, you know, we're not all faceless, you know, um, they're all trying to get a check for something. They, they're trying to get hours for, 
X amount of reasons because they have, you know, kids that got to put through school and, you know, they got, you know, functions coming up or that, you know, like now everybody's just trying to buy weed, you know, yeah. <laughs> like some, some people got families, dude. <laughs> you know? That's the thing about me. Like the only bills I have at, is because I still live at home. All I have to do is pay my phone bill and I have to pay mm-hmm. rent. Granted, it would yeah. be like nice to have a lot of extra money, but like yeah. whenever somebody at work, if they have like, they, they just took their car to the shop. I literally, I'll be like, listen, I'll take a cut in hours if you want any of my shifts. If you want to take some of yeah. my shifts, half of my shifts, any of that, like, do it. All I have to do is I have to pay my parents' rent, and I have to pay my phone bill. Other than that, yeah. I have no, like, priorities. You right now have a huge priority, a huge, like, mandatory bill. Like, in like, and if there's, like, a, what's it called? Like, there's a mom that I work with, and she was like, oh, my God, they cut my hours, blah, 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 and she has two kids. I'm like, all right, well then, here's what we'll do. You'll come in early for me if you need to, or I'll come in like at a different time for you, et cetera, and we'll get it straight away. Like if you need more hours, you need more hours. Or like, yeah. like, like I'll also take other people's hours and I'll work overtime if I have to to help benefit people. Just because like, yeah, you, like one thing I wish people knew is like you have to have each other's back in a workplace to make a healthy workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It goes, it goes with pretty much any industry. I would think that like, um, you know, people like just show like the smallest modicum of like, like empathy towards other people. Like, I think things would run so much smoother, like in general. Um, and that's just, that's, that's for anything. Right. But, um, you know, I don't think you have to preach. And this is like for most corporate jobs that I've, I've been in and it's not very many, but the, the time that I have, it's so annoying. Uh, like they always preach like, oh, well, this place is like family and blah, 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 blah. It doesn't have to be. Like, I don't like go home and like, are, like I want to hang out with my coworkers. I really don't. I want to come home. I just want to go to sleep. I just want to take a nap or like eat or whatever, right? Um, it's not necessarily family, but like if you just take the, the time to understand that the person next to you is an actual person and you try to um, empathize with them, even on a, like, it doesn't even have to be a personal level, just on a level of like, somewhat respect you know like we're literally all in the trenches together you know we're all like it, it doesn't seem like it but cooking's hard like it's tough like it's, it feels like a constant uphill battle um but like if you just show like a little bit of empathy towards each other and be like um you know like hey man i'll see you're getting a little frustrated let me do something for you or, like let me help you out or like oh like uh you need to stay off i got you don't worry about it like i'll i'll cover it. we'll figure it out like it's it's so simple i i feel like a lot of people just try to get to the end goal and you don't exactly have to, there's a way to get to the end goal and make everyone happy. And it's just, it's the, like, it's just the easiest thing. Like just show a little bit of compassion towards each other. Yeah. Going back to the, this place is like family thing. It's funny. It's like with it being my final few days wrapping up here, a lot, it's a lot of these people's first jobs too. And they'll be like, Oh my God. So like, when you leave, how are you going to stay in touch? Like, are we going to see each other? Like, how am I going to like be able to talk to you and hang out with you? And I'm like, well, like that's the thing that sucks about like work, man. Like when somebody leaves, there's a good chance you don't see them again. And I'm like, I'm not saying I'm, you're never going to see me again. Cause I'm sure I'll stop by and you might be working. You might not, but like, yeah. other than that, like you're probably not going to see me on a daily basis anymore. And like, that's something that like, that's another thing that sucks about working. Like I, 
I always have this motto whenever I go into like new jobs or work in general is I'm here to make money, not friends. Because like if you start making friends and like family and all that, like you said, it almost becomes harder for you to leave the job. And that just takes a mental toll on you, I feel like. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I yeah, it's this, oh, good. I love that this has turned into like a TED talk for uh, the food industry. <laughs> for real, like I, I like, I'll always try to make it uh, a certain point to talk about it and what, uh, um, you know what, uh, the the industry is really like and how like I I mean because I love it I love I love cooking I'm like I'll spend whatever money I got on like uh cookbooks and everything usually like fifty bucks a pop so like I try not to do it very often but like you know um I I love this I, I keep up with stuff on online try to keep up with like what's trendy or whatever right now it's a mess because everything is like TikTok related and it's so aggravating watching people not know how to cook and show other people how to not cook um but like I, I the one thing I always try to go back to is mental health it's it's stressful it, even if as a customer y'all if you if you just try to show a little bit of compassion to the people that are taking your order like it, it's it makes our day so much easier like I'm so grateful that I don't have to like work with actual like human people and like their faces and their attitudes constantly. Like I, our servers would come back and like, they, you know, for the most part, they're pretty chill. And then they come back and they're like cursing up a storm about <laughs> how this person sucks and everything. Like I, I, we had a, um, uh, we had a girl come in and, and into the kitchen and she was like fuming and was like this guy just like yelled at me in front of like his whole group and was trying to say like how hungry he is and all this other stuff and they had not been waiting long enough for him to be yelling like that like i don't know who he thinks he is and like the whole kitchen like fucked up like yo what like are you kidding like we like we were all like dude she doesn't act like this like come on now like like there's no reason to, to treat her like that like um it, it's so easy to just understand like even if we're behind we might be short staffed <laughs> we might like it's not that we don't care it's just like we might be short staffed we might be getting our ass kicked back there uh it's it's towards the end of the day and we might be actually cleaning because <laughs> like, we want to go home we want to live our lives we want to be able to go to a restaurant and like order food you know what i'm saying like um so it's 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 again simple like just empathy that's it that's all people have to do like in anything like whether it is, you know, uh, retail or it's in uh, the food industry, hell, the wrestling business. Like, like this is pretty much a, a wrestling podcast. Like, in the wrestling, just show empathy to each other. What the hell? <laughs> like, I think locker rooms would be so much easier if everyone just kind of, like, understood that, like, we all got, we all got problems, but, like, hey, we're here to do a job and we're here to, like, entertain people, you know? Yeah, I had a uh, customer last week and like for the most part I can deal with like bad customers I just take it on the chin I'm like all right yeah maybe they were having a bad day who cares but this yeah. lady came in and like granted we don't think she was mentally well we think she had like some sort of Alzheimer's or something like that but she yeah. came in and she asked my one of my, the dining room host about shakes and then she came back up to the counter and the dining room host was like trying to talk to her, create conversation because that's how she is. She was like, oh, did you figure out what kind of shake you want? And she pointed at me and says, 
oh, he's going to help me. I don't effing want you. And I was like, whoa, okay. So I like stepped in and I was like, all right. And I like looked at my coworker and I just kind of like pointed towards the back. I'm like, just head back there for a minute. Like go to the back until she's gone. Cause I don't think she's okay. And yeah. my coworker walked back. She's like, all right. And I was like, Hey, can I help you? What, what, what were you wanting? And she's like, I want, she named something that's not even on the menu. And I was like, Oh, well, I'm sorry, ma'am, but uh, we don't have that. And she just, without an she yells, fuck you. And I was like, Oh, okay and i just like kind of sat there for a second like i was like all right and i just like looked at her and i acted like i didn't hear her and i said what was that i'm sorry and i like my manager was talking to another manager like in the lobby and they like started laughing because like they just seen the shock on my face and i see them laughing i let out like a smirk on accident because like it's a funny situation it's funny (laughs) i like started laughing and she goes fuck you motherfucker fuck you you stupid son of a bitch and i didn't know she was cussing me out i thought she was cussing yeah. out the lady icing to the back and i'm just standing there i'm like sitting there and i'm like crooked head she finally tells me what she wants and i'm like all right it's gonna be however much and she's like fuck you go to hell and i was like okay and i'm just like standing there and i'm like waiting for somebody to intervene because i don't know what to do in this situation and these situations yeah. my, like go to is fight or flight and i'm ready to like just snap back at her and yeah. what and my manager goes hey 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 come over here and like put her to the side and I was like what's going on ma'am you can't be talking that way to my uh workers blah, blah blah and he she goes like I said I didn't know she was cussing me out I thought she was cussing someone else out she goes that yeah. stupid motherfucker over there and points at me and I was like whoa whoa and I'm like I'm gonna head to the back now because like I yeah. just told her to go to the back so I'm gonna go to the back too just because like in my opinion when a customer is yelling at you like that get away from them because they'll throw something at you I've learned and I walk like because I've had people throw stuff at my coworkers one time and then like once the coast is clear they kicked her out told her hey you're no longer allowed here here's your milkshake now please fucking leave and, get out yeah and I like walked up front and I went up to my manager and I was like I want to apologize if I did literally anything wrong I if I did something wrong yeah. please inform me so I can correct it next time I'm in that situation and he goes yeah I think she was just crazy, dude. I was like, so what happened when I walked in the back? She's like, he goes, well, she told me that you smiled and she took offense to it. And her exact words were, oh, so you let your workers smile now. And my manager was like, that's actually like the main thing that we teach them and train them to do is always smile. And her response, well, if he smiles at me again, I'm going to F and kill him. And that's when he said, okay, Well. well, now you're making death threats and now we have to have you leave or else we're calling the police. And like, yeah, I just like, I went, like, I was just like looking around and all my coworkers, like once she got off the property, we all started laughing because it's one of those things that like looking back on hilarious in that moment, like everyone was just kind of like, Whoa. Yeah. Like, and I like looked at my manager and I was like, so you promised me I didn't do nothing wrong because like, granted, I shouldn't have laughed at her when she said, fuck you to me. And he was like, yeah. no, like, honestly, I would have done the same. I thought she was joking or something. Yeah. Like, I was just like, what the, but going back, I've seen people throw chicken sandwiches. I've seen people throw like table markers, all sorts of stuff. And mm. uh, whenever I was like 16, a lady was working at McDonald's or I, when I was working at McDonald's, this lady was like yelling at me about something. And she like threw a drink at me and I like ducked and I was like, whoa, when I like popped back up and like, I was 16 and a smart ass. I shouldn't have said this, but I said, huh, you missed. And she threw the table marker at me and I like, it hit me and I was like, okay, no more jokes. And I like grabbed him. Yeah. I was like, we have a lady throwing stuff in like 
the next thing that she can pick up and throw is a chair. I don't like get her. <laughs> yeah, I've seen because uh, I worked uh, fast food when I first started, and so like I, uh, I've seen people throw like whole, um, like whole like sodas at a worker. Uh, it's it never happened to me, um, or it. Somebody threw something, it was like a gravy or something at me, but it was like a high school kid. It was like, they were trying to be a, like, they were trying to prank, I guess, or whatever. It wasn't for internet cloud at all, because that was way before people were doing that shit. Um, but like, I closed my drive-thru window and they hit the hit the window and it splattered everywhere. It, like, you see some weird things, man. Like, you really do. Like, it's, it's really never a dull moment when you... Uh, when you work service industry, like especially fast food, it's really never a dull moment. <laughs> well, like, and the thing is, I wish customers knew at fast food, like, if they mess up your order, almost nine times out of ten, I'll almost even say ten times out of ten, they will replace your order. There's no need. Yeah. It wasn't a scene. And, like, at Five Guys, it was, I guess, because of the high prices, people got really upset about it because, like, they paid all this money. And understandably, and if we messed up, yeah. we don't up to it. And, like, people would, like, not throw it at us, but throw it towards us, like, burgers at us. And, like, they would yeah. just throw it on the counter or throw it on the floor in front of me. And I'm like, like, we were going to remake it for you regardless. Like, but now you're just yeah. going over the top. Uh, so I always tell people they try to hand me food back or try to throw it back. I'm like, because this was when I was working, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, when I was working... Uh, fast food I would always tell them like we can't actually and I'll tell them this now when people try to bring back food and say they want you to cook and longer it's like well we can't do that we have to remake it uh I was tell them like sorry it's like it's a health code violation actually like take your food back you're more than welcome to throw it away I'm not going to do anything with it other than throw it away uh but you're more than welcome to throw it away or keep it and usually when you tell people that it makes them more angry for some reason yeah. because then they'll say like oh well that's not my order why would i want to keep it and like i don't know to tell you give it to a homeless person give it to you know uh like just throw it away it doesn't matter like i can't i can't take it back it's a health code violation um and it's not because like i don't want to deal with their food it's a it really is a health code violation so yeah. like but like somehow or another people would get way more upset if you tell them i don't like i can't take that back i'm sorry we will remake it though um i think that it's it's weird when i think it's people it's weird when people want the food back because like I've, I've said that to, to workers too like hey it's a health code violation to take it back i'll throw it away like i don't need it but like yeah. it it's a health code violation to take it and they're like well we're gonna make sure that you're not getting double the order i'm like excuse me <laughs> what i wouldn't have came back if i wanted double the food and that make any sense well, whatever I, I guess people do that as a scam i don't know <laughs> the nastiest thing I've seen, a like this, I don't know if this is a health code violation. It probably is. It probably isn't. I don't know. But whenever I was working at that restaurant, I was bringing back dishes, and the, the, the dishwasher. I will never forget this. He goes, "Here, hold on," and he took a wing off this guy's plate and ate it right in front of me. And I was like, "Oh, that's nasty, man." I like looked at him, and he's like, mm, "Those are good." And he went for another one, and I like pulled it away. And I was like, "You're not eating this plate of food, dude." Like, I'm sorry, like. If money's tight, I'll buy you dinner tonight. But like, please stop eating the food off the dish racks. It's that's just it, in so many ways. 
it is a health code violation, but it's also just morally wrong. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, what the hell? <laughs> like, it's the same thing where people, like, I'll be taking out their food and they'll be like, you didn't eat any of my fries, did you? And I'm like, what? No, like, why would I? Yeah. Like, that? I gained nothing from that. That's disgusting. Like, yeah. Uh, we did have a, a problem with one of the... Um, one of the kitchens I worked in, we did have a problem with the servers, like eating the fries out of the bowl. And I would like, when I caught them doing it, I would make them throw down more fries. <laughs> I was like, no, you have to sit here and you have to wait for your, uh, your food to come up because you wanted to eat their fries. I, I, was was real, though. <laughs> I was real bad at this at uh, five guys. I would, if I was hungry, they would, if we had extra fries, the employees could eat them. If it was what's it called? Like if they set out for more than like, I think it was like two or three minutes. Yeah. So I would like, if I was getting hungry and I knew the night was slowing down, I'm like, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop extra fries on accident on accident. And I would drop extra yeah. fries. And then like, after I gave out all the orders, I'm like, Oh, look, extra fries. But I would never like in the middle of making an order, be like, all right. And just start eating. Yeah. Like, and that's like, people always say that at, uh, like when they come through, like, Oh, I bet you just eat all day here. And I'm like, no, like you, legally cannot like that's yeah that. like you're stealing from the company at that point yeah yeah absolutely no you're absolutely right <laughs> but uh the last thing i do on these episodes before i wrap it up is i always ask the guest if you could give one piece of advice which you've given a ton on here so far if there's another like any more what would it be um just in general or like uh you know like in, pertaining to anything specific no just in general general advice um I think honestly, like when it comes down to it, um, just check on your people. Uh, it's, I know that it's easy to get wrapped up in your day-to-day lives and that like um, time gets away from you for everything. Like uh, I feel like uh, I don't actually like hang out with people um, outside of work. Uh, I just go to work, come home, go to bed. I go to the gym every so often. Uh, I talk a lot on the phone but uh you know talk to like make the time even if it's just like a a split second um you know like to check on people and see how they're doing i will say that the the one person that's really good about it and it's so funny when it like i get a message of like two or three in the morning sometimes i like very random times of the day this is me me putting him over uh but martyr robert martyr is very good about that he he just always messages me out of the blue like hey bro what's going on and I may not get to it right away because, like, it, it'll be between flights sometimes for him or, like, after a show or he's just, like, working out in the middle of the night. He might do this with e- absolutely everybody. But always ma- warms my heart that he just, like, randomly messages me to check to see how I'm doing. And it's really cool because especially since he's getting a lot of press and he's getting a lot – like, he's getting a real big push. And he's doing very well for himself. And, like, um, it, it makes me happy. Like, when I finally saw him in, uh, in Dallas, I hung out with him. And uh, I didn't get to hang out with him for very long, but it always makes me feel good that, like, somebody cares enough to, like, just message me out of the blue. And just be like, hey, bro, what's going on? It's it's cool. Like, sometimes I use commenting on people's stuff as, like, that sort of thing. So it can be just, like, the littlest thing for somebody. You send somebody a message and be like, yo, this thought, like, I thought of, uh, of you because of this. Or, like, I saw this and thought of you or whatever. Like, it can be the littlest thing. And it, it could make somebody's day. Um, you know, we, we talked about mental health in, in the, uh, the service industry, but it's just an everyday thing. Just mean like, Hey, you doing okay? Like how, how's everything been? Like you just mentioned one personal thing about somebody 
and it helps them like see that you remembered something about them but also you know you um like you 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 remembered it about them and it meant something to you so like it's it's something as simple as that um just talking to people you know like things get hard things get tough things get mentally taxing sometimes it's just nice to know that somebody knows that you exist it's funny you say that about martyr because he did the same thing to me a few months ago or not a few weeks ago it was like two in the morning and i woke up at like seven or something like that for work and it was a dm and he said hey and i like dm'd him back that morning and i was like hey question mark because i've had probably two or three total conversations with him and i was just like checking yeah. on him to make sure he was good at that point I was yeah. like, hey, and then he didn't reply, and then I like messaged him later in that day. I was like, hey, I'm just checking. Are you okay? And he looked, yeah, I'm just checking on you. And I was like, all right, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Like it just like he's just he's a genuinely nice guy. And then Ivan doesn't often. Me and him randomly, like, oh, yeah. we don't talk as often anymore. But like I always make it a point to try at least once a month or so. Just DM, hey man, how are you? Keep it up. And then yeah. same back to me. Yeah. It's so, good. To, it's good to check on people. Honestly, like it's uh it's so funny because like. Like I said, I, I kind of figured Martyr was just kind of like throwing out a bunch of like DMs and stuff, but it's it's cool that like there's somebody that that exists that thinks of you every so often and is like, hey, I'm gonna check on this person. Like I think that's really cool, and especially like Martyr gonna do that. He has he has things that he's he's got going on in his life, and like I'm I'm super supportive of him. I'll always put that that dude over. Um, oh, but like he uh he's a genuinely good person and it's it's so cool to get like those messages out of nowhere and be like hey bro how's it going on how's it going like what are you up to lately like that's pretty cool you know yeah so it's just as simple as that like oh you know who i also get it from and i'll put him over as well again uh ron bass jr does that with me he'll just dude he doesn't even like message me how i'm doing he'll send me a fucking video of him singing lips of an angel and like it just makes my day (laughs) <laughs> he's a total asshole for doing that but it's the best thing ever i love that guy i love him to death like uh he's genuinely the, the like one of the goodest brothers like he's he's a great guy so martyr and uh and ron bass jr they're fantastic people and it's just like those little things that like that warm my heart and be like oh man somebody actually thought of me enough to to ask me how i'm doing and sometimes it, it you know i need it you know yeah and then yeah. you want to let the people know where they can find you on social media, merch links, uh, shows upcoming, all that. Absolutely. So uh, uh, you can find me on pretty much any social media as uh, Ricky Meets. Um, I have. Uh, let me see. Uh, the show I had this weekend got canceled, but it's just a local show. Nobody be able to go. Um, but I should be doing. Uh, let me see. I got Russell Wave coming up in November. I also got. Uh, it hasn't been announced yet, but like I'm gonna go ahead and spoil it. Uh, I have Uncanny and uh, Uncanny Attractions in Austin, Texas, in November. Uh, I will also be doing stuff for Infamous in November as well, or in December. I'm sorry, um, but yeah, I have I have a couple things coming up. It'll be really really fun. Uh, yeah, just like I said, man, just trying to get bookings, even if it's local. Um, I don't have any merch links yet, but I did talk to somebody uh, this weekend about getting koozies made so like hopefully i'll have those done within the next couple of weeks or so uh because it's it's really like that's effective for me so i was like oh and it like fits the gimmick like yeah absolutely yeah uh so i should be having koozies here pretty soon and it'll probably just be a dm thing like some of your your 
uh, address and I'll send you one. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, just, um, I think that's really it. I just, you know, I just be doing shit on, online. If you, <laughs> if you find me online, just uh, talk shit to me or whatever. Or add me, I don't care. <laughs> all right, all right. Thanks for being on. Like I said, like I uh, told you like earlier last week, I was like, I've been wanting to have you on. It's just, I have this bad habit of DMing people in my head and then like getting upset that they didn't reply. And like last week I was like, wait, did I even DM Ricky? And then I like, that's when I messaged <laughs> you. I was like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, hey, I'm always down to do people's podcasts. Like I have a lot of fun with it. I did my own podcast and it was a lot of fun. Um, so I miss doing uh, stuff like this, like the, the interview thing. I always like being on the opposite end of it too. So yeah, man, I'm always down for stuff like this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at a man in his pod or at your boy Squints. Uh, leave one star, five stars, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I don't give a damn. Uh, make sure to stay tuned. I'm trying to line up some guests. Uh, go back and listen to the Tony Patrico, the Alex Kane episodes I have posted. Uh, a little bit further back, Jack Evans. Uh, well, that's going to do it. Have a great night.